You're listening to the feed. This is the feed. This is the feed. The feed. You're listening to the feed in Markham, in Richmond Hill. You're listening to the feed in Vaughan, in Stowville, in Woodbridge, in Unionville. This is the feed on 1059 The Region. I'm Ann Romer with York Region's only news magazine show dedicated to the issues, events, and stories that matter to all of us who live and work here. The story that continues to capture our attention is COVID-19. This virus has changed every aspect of our lives. From our health care to our classrooms to employment, we are adjusting as we go. This week on the feed, we turn our attention to the impact of COVID-19 on our work. Many employees have either been laid off or they've had their hours reduced. Business owners have shut their doors and just don't know what's going to happen next. Tina Cortez begins our conversation with the minister in charge. Mary Ng is the Minister of Small Business, Export Promotion and Trade, and of course she's also the MP from Markham Thornhill. Minister Ng, welcome back to the feed. Hello there, it's really great to be with you. Now this week Canadians, including small business owners and entrepreneurs, were able to apply for the Emergency Response Benefit. Can we begin by describing what exactly they will be receiving in terms of support during these unusual days? Well, the Canadian Emergency Response Benefit uh, did open uh, this past week. Uh, for those 6 million Canadians who need that immediate support, this is up to $2,000 a month of support for people who are, for example, like your entrepreneurs or your contractor who need that support because they have seen their income completely drop as a result of COVID-19. Now, in terms of small businesses across the country, do we know how many people they employ? Well, um, if they don't, I'm going to tell you. I mean, small businesses really are the backbone of the Canadian economy. They're really important because they account for 98% of all businesses in Canada, and they employ 8 million hardworking Canadians all across the country. So does this emergency wage subsidy mean that they can retain those employees? Well, the emergency wage subsidy uh, will be coming out in the next uh, in the next three to six weeks. It's backdated to begin March the 15th, and I want to assure employers, what is it? It is the federal government paying 75% of the wages for your employees, up to $58,700 for each salaried employee. And what is this about? You're absolutely right. It's about helping businesses and employers keep their employees to prevent them from laying them off because they now see that they are able to get the support from the federal government where we are paying 75% of the salary of the employee. I'll give you a very practical example. If you've got someone on your payroll and you're paying them $52,000, every week that costs you as the employer $1,000 with the wage subsidy that begins March the 15th because it'll be backdated until March the 15th, the federal government now will cover $750 of that. And, uh, and the rest, the employer will cover. And, we're, and uh, we, don't, we haven't made it mandatory because we know for employers, it varies uh, employer by employer. Some will be able to do that top-up and others uh, will have to choose to do something different. And we're asking employers to uh, consider paying that 25% if you can. Now, in terms of the employees, does it matter if they are on the payroll or if they're freelance or contract employees? So the wage subsidy applies to those employees who are on your payroll and uh, and you are paying them salary or wages. What the requirement for the wage subsidy is, is that you have seen a 30% decrease 
in revenue this year over last year. So as an example, if you see a 30% decrease in revenue today for the month of April, let's say, over April 2019, you will qualify for the wage subsidy. There is no requirement in terms of what size of business or how large or how many employees you have. It's, the requirement is that you have dropped in revenue. And the reason for that is we see all around our community, I mean, walk around York Region and you see walk around Markham, you're seeing that uh, some of the restaurants that might be closed, they can keep their employees uh, even if the restaurant is closed because the federal government will pay 75% of that wage. And the point about this is that we want our businesses to continue to be strong. We want them to be primed for recovery, and we know that one of the single most important things is to make sure that employers and the employees stay together, and having access to this wage subsidy, which allows the federal government to pay 75% of your employee's salary, up to 58700 it allows you to make that very important decision to not lay off staff, and in some businesses, I've talked to them, with the wage subsidy, they're going to rehire the staff so that they can keep them as a unit that their business is together along with their staff until we have weathered through this period. Let's hope we weather it soon, absolutely. People and businesses depend on the flow of goods, as you know, especially food and medical supplies in the face of this global pandemic. Have you spoken to other trade ministers about keeping supply chains open? I um, participated... On Monday of last week, a G20 meeting of trade ministers. This is a follow from a follow-on from the leaders' meeting that took place the week before that. And uh, and as the G20 trade ministers, we released a statement following our meeting to continue to commit to work together to ensure smooth and continued operation of air, sea, land, freight logistics networks that serve as the backbone of the global supply chain, as well as the movement of health personnel across borders. And we are actively working to ensure continued flow of vital medical supplies and equipment, critical agriculture products, and other essential goods and services across borders. And uh, that uh, there are other elements to the statement, but, uh, but to answer your question, yes, I have talked to them. And yes, we have continued to encourage and to commit to, uh, to ensuring that the supply chains, particularly for vital metal supplies and equipment and, uh, and other essential goods and services, are maintained open. Now, Minister Ng, many in York Region, in, in your uh, riding, are celebrating either Passover or Easter this weekend, but likely very differently than they have in the past. What's your message to them this weekend? Well, my message is to um, be well, stay safe, enjoy the celebration. And yes, this year it is different. And, uh, and we are all in this fight together to beat COVID-19. Nothing is more important to Canadians and certainly to the people in my community of Markham Thornhill to help plank the curve and for our families to stay safe. So practicing the very important measures like physical distancing and uh, staying two meters apart, staying home if you're sick, and just taking the advice of the public health officials and taking that guidance because it is just so important right now for all of us to continue to stay vigilant in the fight against COVID-19. And I want to wish everyone a happy holiday this uh, this weekend uh, for both Passover and for Easter and uh, for, for everyone to stay safe. But please continue to listen to the public health experts because we need to all stay safe and we're counting on each other. Absolutely. Minister Ng, if our listeners listeners want to contact you, how can they do that? Absolutely. Please feel free to send me an email at mary.ng at carl, 
www.gcc.ca. My constituency office continues to serve you even though it is closed in terms of uh, receiving people, but continues to answer emails and phone numbers. 905-479-8100 is the phone number. And of course, please follow me on my social media. So it's Mary underscore NG. Whether it's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn, uh, please continue to follow me and get up-to-date information there. Terrific. Thank you for joining us on the feed. Thank you so very much, and be safe, and uh, happy weekend, everyone. I'm Ann Romer, and this is a special edition of The Feed with a focus on money matters. Jim Lang is next with an update on the wage subsidy. Well, this is a new normal now and a new way of life with the COVID-19 situation, but uh, we have to give credit where credit is due. Justin Trudeau and the Liberal government has stepped up big time to help Canadians who are going through a tough time to talk more about how you can receive your benefits to get through this tough time through the Canada Emergency Response Benefit Program. Thrilled to be talking to the veteran MP Yvonne Woodbridge, Francesco Sobera. Francesco, how are you? I'm, I'm doing very well. Uh, I would like to say thank you for having me on the show again and also uh, a big shout out to all your listeners. Please stay safe. Please heed our public health officials and practice our social distancing. Stay home as much as you can. And, and always wash your hands. Here, here. For a lot of people who are worried, a lot of Canadians, a lot of people in New York region, and in your riding in Vaughan Woodbridge, worried about where the money's going to come from. The government announcing up to 75% of wage subsidies for qualifying businesses for up to three months, retroactive to the 15th of March, and they can uh, start the online process, depending on where you were born, uh, by visiting the MyCRA account. Yes, exactly. The, uh, the wage subsidy program and the Canada Emergency Response Benefit are two uh, of our, our, the big programs in place to help Canadian workers and Canadian businesses. Uh, we know that we are in a very unique time uh, right now. We want to make sure that those individuals and businesses uh, having financial hardship, uh, needing funds to, to make it through this unique period of time, have access to those funds. Yesterday was, was the first day of the Canada Emergency Response Benefits via the, the CRA site and Continuous Service Canada. Uh, we process nearly 800,000 CRA uh, Canada Emergency Response Benefit applications. Uh, if you have direct deposit, if you're on direct deposit with CRA, uh, you will receive uh, that $2,000 within the next three days. And, and that's how quick the system is. That's how efficient the system is. And I encourage all your listeners to please uh, apply for the CERB uh, if you are eligible and, and, and please look into that. And that's the point we're trying to make. And that's why we're thrilled to have you on, Francesco, is there is help out there. The government has funds available for, for individuals, for businesses to help you get through this. You just have to go through the proper procedures and the money's there for you. Absolutely. I encourage everyone to, to go to Canada.ca slash coronavirus dash CERB. Again, today we're, we're, we're seeing another healthy chunk of folks apply. We've asked everyone to, to have it staggered by your birth date. So in the first three months of the year was yesterday. The next three months of the year uh, is happening today and so forth for later on in the week. Um, all this information is on the website. It's also on our, our, my own social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram that people can look at, including our, our website. Um, also, if people just want to call in, if they just want to call in and do it through interactive voice response, and, and Jim, it literally takes about four minutes to do, uh, you can dial 1-800-959-2019 for my self-employed folks. And, and it takes about four minutes to apply for the CERB uh, and make sure you're eligible, zero income, you made $5,000 in the last 12 months or in 2019. 
And, and uh, you know what? Uh, that's how we want to get help out to people as quickly as possible. I, I think about people, the new normal now, working remotely, doing Zoom meetings, uh, talking to family members through FaceTime and video chat. It's no different for members of the government. Dealing with the Prime Minister, with Christia Freeland, the Deputy Prime Minister, Bill Morneau, all the work you're doing, dealing with other members of Parliament and other members of your cabinet are all done remotely, correct? Every, everything is done remotely uh, uh, at this moment, even including my my committee work. I, I'm a member of the Finance Committee, uh, in addition to uh, my parliamentary secretary duties to the Minister of National Revenue. And, and uh, right now we're having uh, virtual uh, Finance Committee meetings. Uh, every day we have a, a caucus meeting that takes place to give an update to the Liberal caucus members in terms of, of what, what goes on in programs, details, questions that we may have, uh, our, our conversations with all our staff members. My staff members are all uh, working remotely from home, safe, where they where they need to be, and uh, I'm here at the office uh, holding down this fort and, and trying to, to go through all everything I need to go through. And in this world we're in, Jim, you know, through social media, you know, we are people. People need help. They reach out right away, and it's our job to to respond to them uh, promptly uh, and, and get them the help uh, they need. I, I'm going to speak just not just as a media member, but as a, as a parent and as a husband, as an average Canadian. It's reassuring to hear the prime ministers and members of the levels of government and from Doug Ford and the province to local mayors speak on a regular basis and update us. It, it, okay, I know something's being done. We're getting somewhere. And I find it reassuring. I think what you're seeing right now is what we call a whole-of-government approach. But more importantly, you're seeing all the levels of government working together, the, the, the province, the feds, uh, the region, and municipalities. We know uh, the quicker, the, the more we work together, the quicker we're going get, to get out of this predicament, and then the faster we can return to, uh, you know, we can use the term, a, a new normal. Yeah. Uh, but the quicker we can return to our, our daily lives and get kids back into the schools, uh, get us, you know, the, the, our restaurants and our coffee shops and our hair salons and, and et cetera, get them back up and running, get people working back again. You know, obviously we'll need to take the, the precautions. And maybe when we go get a haircut, we have to wear some, you know, a mask or you know, little things like that. But, but, but it's really important that we just continue to work together and heed our public health officials uh, because the quicker we flatten this curve and beat it down, uh, the quicker that we can get uh, business up and running again and get us going back in our daily lives. Considering your portfolio and, and your ties to the business community and finance, federally in the country, Francesco, I mean, I've heard this from different business people in the region over the last few weeks. They feel that when things get back to quote-unquote normal, as you mentioned, and business gets back, the economy will rebound in this country in a fairly rapid rate. Is that some of the the data you guys are receiving in Ottawa, that once things going, things can get back revenue-wise on a fairly quickly basis? The, the robustness of our recoveries is going to depend on largely how quickly, you know, we heat our public health officials. I think there's going to be certain sectors, you know, residential construction, uh, those type of sectors where you're going to see a pretty quick rebound. People need to, to find a home to live. They, they, you know, they've made purchases, and we need those folks working. Infrastructure projects, you know, our, our restaurants and hospitality, we're going we're gonna to have to really support those type of sectors. And, and there may be sectors, some sectors that may be lagging a little bit. Travel we, will take a little while to get back up on its feet. And, and, uh, but we're going to be there for those sectors and for those workers, uh, more importantly. We'll be there for those workers. But the, the rebound, I think, in some jurisdictions has been, some places have, has been pretty quick. Uh, other places have been a little bit slower. 
before. Uh, and and uh, I think for us, we, we have a pretty resilient economy and, and Canadians are resilient. And, and, and I'm an optimist. So, I, you know, for me, let, let's do this. The, the, let's do the advice of the public health officials. At the same time, know that we are a resilient bunch and, and, and uh, we're going to get through this and we're going to emerge stronger. And, and, you know, we're going to continue to rebuild our economy. And, and I'm not, government's going to stay with us. Government's here to assist us in this time of financial hardship. And, and, and that's not going to change until we get out of this. This is a good lesson on civics when you think about it, because so many people complain about this and that, about the taxes in government. But boy, oh boy, as a Canadian, are we ever glad we do this and live the way we do in this country right now? Okay, exactly. And what I would say is, as the parliamentary secretary of the Minister of National Revenue, yesterday, the CRA processed, you know, the 800,000 uh, applications for the Canada Emergency Response Benefit. And you think about that, no backlog. Uh, if you're direct deposits within three days, if you're signed up for check within 10 days, and you're done. And you're done for this this uh, this four-week period, and you would, you know, redo it again in another four weeks if you, if you, if you remain out of work, unfortunately. And you're finished. And, and that's the power of government. You know, that, that to me is a, is a is an agency and a department that has they've been working very 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 hard uh, all, all the departmental officials over the last few weeks day in day out uh, and, and they're here to serve Canadians and that's what government is about and, and you can you can apply that to our healthcare system you can apply that to CLA you can apply it to so many other different departments uh, and agencies uh, across the board and, and like you said it's just a, a really important lesson for civics now you always have great hair Francesco what are you doing now in this self quarantine is your wife cutting her hair you know I haven't had a haircut so I'm looking a little uh, what is it I, I want to use the words like an English 80s rock band kind of like <laughs> getting a little bit longer than usual uh, so <laughs> and I don't I don't mind a little bit but but, but a trim is going to be due in, in due time so and as long as I have you know some hair on my head to play with I guess that's not a bad thing so not a bad thing right. <laughs> no not at all uh, to get more details yeah. if you were in the writing it's Sobera F on Instagram uh, F Sobera on Twitter or Francesco Sobera MP on Facebook. You can get more details at his parliamentary office, of course, and his website, francesco.sobera at parl.gc.ca to get more details. That's what your MPs are there for. They're there to help you. So as a Francesco and his staff are there to help you and answer your questions if you have them. So by all means, reach out to him so he can help you fill in the blanks. Absolutely. We are here to assist my team, uh, myself, we are here to assist folks. You know, we've done a, a great draw, job in, in, in global affairs. has done a fantastic job of uh, repatriating Canadians uh, from abroad. This morning I got a, a call uh, that uh, a note from, from somebody was was stranded in India. Their, their family's now back here. They've arrived. They're self-isolating. That is, has been great news. And we've been able to do that from Peru, from, uh, from the States, from Aruba, from Europe, from Spain. From Morocco, we've had a number of people return home to the riding, and we've gotten home safely. And their parents were worried, their families were worried, but we've been able to manage that and get them home. And, and you know what? They're with their families, and, and I'm and reunited with their families, and, I, and I'm so happy to, to be able to share that news. Francesco Sobera, the MP of Vaughn Woodbridge, doing great work during this difficult time in the COVID-19 situation to make sure we have the money to pay the bills. Francesco, always a pleasure. Keep up the great work. Uh, always a pleasure, Jim. Please stay safe. Uh, my best to all your co-workers and your family, uh, and let us hope that the next few weeks only bring you news in the days ahead and, and we can return to some normality in our lives and uh, and prayers for all those uh, first-line responders and nurses and doctors and EMS and, and so forth that are, are dealing with the, the COVID-19 directly and helping ensure Canadians are, are safe and healthy. And joining us next on the feed, Michael Hainsworth, independent financial commentator and editor at large, Future Rhythmic. Michael, let's try to make sense of 
the dollars and cents of all of this. Now, we're talking about a comeback for small and medium businesses. It will happen, but what is it going to look like, in your opinion? Well, we tend to talk about the kinds of recoveries that we see when we have big crashes like this as uh, a letter shape, for example. So we're looking at Vs, we're looking at Us, we're looking at Ls. And, and these are basically what the economy would look like if you were to graph it. And the initial expectations have largely been that we would have a V-shaped recovery, that we would have this big crash and then a bounce back. That would take place late spring into the summer. There is more of a discussion that we'll probably have a U-shaped recovery over that summer period because there are going to be a lot of businesses that are still going to be suffering and suffering hard. And then the question becomes, what if it's an L-shaped recovery? We've crashed, and then we've just found a new bottom. We're erasing 13 years' worth of stock market gains over the course of a month, and then just traded at that level economically and fiscally for the foreseeable future. What it's looking like right now, it depends on what type of small to medium-sized business you're operating in. We know that the forecast job losses in areas like uh, the restaurant industry, the recreation industry, personal care, you know, I'm, I'm getting all shaggy here with my haircut, but the upshot is, is that those are the, the types of industries that will suffer longer, and those that don't require us to physically get out of our house and go somewhere to get the job done, those are the ones that are more likely to rebound faster. What can we do right now to assist in a future comeback? And once we sense that, you know, businesses are beginning to come back, beginning to open their doors, beginning to thrive, beginning to function, what can we do to continue to assist? There's a phrase that's often bandied about on Bay Street, keep your powder dry sort of a reference to gunpowder and the idea that we're fighting a war, and we kind of really are. So the recommendations that we've been hearing a lot about and the ones that make most sense to me are keep your powder dry now, get ready to deploy it later. And I'm not just talking about investments. I'm talking about our day-to-day lives. When it comes to the restaurants uh, up the streets or the variety store or the hairdresser that you're, you're working with, When we get the all clear that it's time to get back up to speed, let's get back out there and start spending again. And in the interim, a lot of the measures that have been employed by industries such as restaurants uh, are ones that we ought to consider continuing to take advantage of. The takeout option, uh, as opposed to just deciding that we're not going to have a restaurant meal at all. We have to balance the realization that we have no idea how long this is truly going to go on for, and therefore we need to sort of spend as little money as possible to ride it all out. But at the same time, recognizing that we are all part of a a small community in our neighborhoods and a larger community in our province. And when it comes down to it, we've got to keep the wheels turning. Michael, there are businesses that are now doing well or continuing to do well. Areas like uh, groceries, uh, farmers, Internet uh, providers, the trucking industry, pharmacies, drug makers, they are continuing to employ. They're even expanding and they are making money and they're doing well on the stock market in some cases. What is their future like? When things do go back to what we think will be normal or the new normal, how will they fare in the sudden change? The biggest issue that anyone from a grocery store to a pharmacy to a drug maker to a trucking company will have to address are the higher costs of doing business in the long run. 
we've come to recognize that we can prevent these kinds of endemics from becoming pandemics by engaging in some very simple procedures. Cleanliness is more than just next to godliness. It's critical for the corporate well-being. But grocers have been caught between a rock and a hard place. They can't raise prices without being accused of gouging. But food price inflation is going to be an issue because we are seeing the weaker Canadian dollar, a higher demand, and a lower supply. Things are generally going to be more expensive for us, and we have to sort of try to figure out that sweet spot between covering those additional costs of ensuring that that trucker gets from point A to point B and ensuring that we don't get accused of price gouging along the way. You know, a lot of people are watching and are trying to understand the emergency benefit uh, packages that are being unveiled at all levels of government and for all people, it seems, including now finally announced earlier this week, uh, help for students and help even greater help for smaller businesses. But people are also asking, where is the money coming from? And at what point might there be a time when the it turns around and kicks them in the behind. The money is literally being made out of thin air. That's the beauty of having a central bank that has the ability to turn the knob on the printing press for Canadian dollars. The concern here is that we're looking at an economic decline like the one we saw in the 1930s. The Bank of Canada has cut the cost of borrowing money from one and three quarters percent down to just a quarter of a single percent. And they're buying tens of billions of securities, government bonds, and even corporate debt. This isn't expected to be enough. And we're expecting these stimulus measures to go beyond the $90 billion that they've already brought forward. You know, it's interesting here in York Region, uh, some of the smartest people I know uh, are in real estate. And they're calling this kind of a pause. Uh, real estate has been what has kept this country from falling into a deep, dark recession. Is it strong enough now to keep us from falling right down that same tunnel again if that were to happen? That answer depends largely on the employment markets. If we see a raft of jobless claims, if we see that tipping point sufficient enough, we'll see a run on the housing market. If we start to see Canadians make those decisions about the biggest investment they've ever made in their lives, that it's time to sell, that's when we have a problem. The reality is is the housing market in this country has been on a bull market run for a decade. And so for those who are just bought in, they're the ones at greatest risk. If we see the cracks in the condo market kick in, that'll be an indication of a concern on the broader market. Do you see that happening? I see it as a very big risk. Um, one of the benefits that the CERB, the, the assistance program, has brought in is support for small to medium-sized businesses that will be able to employ young Canadians longer. You mentioned at the beginning of this conversation that they extended uh, the summer employment program. So companies can hire uh, students up to the age of 30 and pay 100% of their wages through the course of the summer. But broadly speaking, the millennials who are at the lower rungs, those are the ones at the greatest risk. And I have a tremendous concern that those people who are highly leveraged very early on in their careers are going to have no choice but to sell their condominiums. And if they're selling them for less than what they're buying them for, that's a snowball that the federal government and more appropriately, the Bank of Canada needs to address. Let's uh, look at the flip side of the coin, if you don't mind me continuing to use these, uh, you know, cliches when it comes to money. <laughs> but that's what we, this We've is. got to find humor wherever we can Well, find we it. really must. And, you know, it, it, what we're talking about on this weekend's edition of The Feed is 
small businesses, medium businesses, the engine of so many communities like York Region. What's the silver lining? The silver lining is that any small to medium-sized business in York Region or anywhere else in the province of Ontario that's having trouble now has a lifeline, and they need to reach for it. Don't reach for it by the time it's too late. Get that paperwork started. Work with your accountant right now. Get that up and running. Long term, if there is a silver lining to this, it's a recognition that the global supply chain system that we were so proud of creating in the late 1980s and into the 1990s, thanks to the explosion of integrated network computer technology, is that there are the weakest link in this is the technology, and that maybe what we need to be doing is preparing ourselves for a world where supply chains get disrupted, and not just because of pandemics such as COVID-19, but on a more grander scale, we have to deal with the environmental impact that global warming will have on those supply chains. We're going to make those changes. We're going to be more resilient down the road as a result. Sounds like what Greta Thunberg has been saying for so long in her short life. I'm so happy that you took a moment or two to be with us on the feed, Michael Hainsworth, and your money sense makes sense. Independent financial commentator and editor-at-large, Future Rhythmic, Michael Hainsworth, thank you. Thank you. So much of what is happening right now because of COVID-19 is kind of out of our hands, or is it? Joining us next on the feed is David Greenspan, founder of Mindshare 101, which is helping businesses get to the top and stay there. How do you do that, David? Well, we uh, first of all, thank you very much for having me on. Uh, we help businesses really build that Mindshare and become a top-of-mind, intuitive, instinctive reaction to everybody that well knows them and that they want to know. And the more people think about them, the more they've occupied that tiny little spot on somebody's brain, the more somebody's going to think of their product and or service when it comes time to making a decision, maybe to make a purchase. Now, you're speaking as a business person. How do we as human beings and as small and medium business owners and employees get through this? You know, I think there's a number of things right now. I think that being four, what are we, four weeks deep into this thing now, maybe five weeks, and we're watching the numbers climb significantly. I know when we went back to the numbers from even a week ago, we have climbed almost by about 750,000 cases here in Canada alone. Um, so it is changing drastically out there. And so the what's we need to do on a regular basis, I mean, we spoke last time about communication, about reaching out to friends and family, and really just keeping an open dialogue. And, and positivity, knowing that we will get through this. And so at this point now, where we stand, a lot of this comes down to time management. It comes down to routines. What are we doing on a regular basis? The routine that we've got in the day, we need to stick to that. We cannot let ourselves uh, fall out of a routine or fall into some complacency. You've got to keep motoring now because this will end and we need to come out of it very strong. As businesses, much the same, this is a wonderful opportunity to go into the business. And are, Are you a business that sells product? Can you do inventory right now? Maybe it's not a normal time that you're doing inventory, but it's an opportunity to do that. Look at your budgeting. Look at what your expenses are. Look at the things that are coming in on a regular basis that in a normal world were, well, normal to you, and now look at it. Are you able to manage all of that? Are you prepared for the what if? Again, business perspective, marketing plans, overall efficiencies. And we have to be flexible in 
every aspect of our lives. And that also includes within a business, small, medium, even large. And there are some that are stepping up to the plate. They have the ability to retrofit what they've got and make certain supplies that are in great demand right now. So can that be scaled down ever so slightly and applied to a small or a medium business? Absolutely it can. I mean, not everybody can go out and make, you know, X amount of masks or just change what they produce on a regular basis. But I do believe that as we get out there as people and we are looking to see what can I do to help the community around me, be it that small shop owner that might be my neighbor in the same strip mall or be it that one that I went into on a regular basis, how can I call them and see what I can help them with? We may be confined to our homes at the moment. But we still have the abilities to reach out by email and text message and phone call and, and even on social media and connect with people. I mean, video calling these days. So although, yeah, you, you may not be able to manufacture certain goods for people and do this in bulk like some of these major big businesses are doing, as small businesses and as individuals, there's a lot we can do to get out there and at least just help people. And it starts with the simple conversation. And it's almost like you're paying it forward, but you also are trying to keep yourself on their radar and vice versa. You see, staying on people's radar, that's what Mindshare is all about. And again, it comes to that point where you're putting yourself in the right place at the right time. So let's, let's go down that road for a quick second and talk about it in a business perspective for any one of us being an entrepreneur or a small and or medium-sized business. What are you doing to get out there now, keep yourself present, keep people knowing that you exist, and at some point when everything does change and everything goes back to normal, this could be months, this could be a year down the road, people will remember the positive that happened at this time. And whether we like it or not, we're going through this. And uh, in particular, small and medium-sized businesses are being hit hard. And for some, the damage will be irreparable. So what do you say to them to give them some hope for the future? Don't rest in your laurels. We're all suffering right now. We're all wondering about where the next paycheck's coming from. We're all wondering if we're going to have cancellations in businesses or we're going to have people. If we're going to be able to turn on the lights and open the doors when this all ends. So when you look yourself in the mirror, don't beat yourself up. This is not a me thing. This is a we thing. So instead of focusing on you and what's going on with you, focus on how you can help other people. And as we come out of this, you will realize that you're in the same place as most other people are. Now, I will say this. If you hang your head, you're going to be in a position where it's going to be harder to pick up. Stay focused on the fact that we will get through this. Stay on the ball with what you're supposed to be doing, be it from your phone calls to your connection points to what's going on with business. I can't stress it enough. It is the perfect time to go through and look at your marketing plan and look at your budgeting. The silver lining here is the more time with family. How do you express that to someone that it's okay to take those, not, they're not handouts, they're hand-ups? You know what, I, I, I think this. I think that um, there is a lot of aid that's out there, and I think that you know, overall our governments have done a good job of stepping up to the plate and you know, putting things forward that everybody can take advantage of. If you need it, take it. Don't be ashamed. If you don't need it, much the same. There's going to be others that do. And we can come right back to the whole idea of hospital beds right now. We know that we're at, we're, we're, we're at capacity. We're beyond our limits. They're doing everything they possibly can to get aid for us and get more help in there. But it's much the same. But practicing our social distancing and our self-isolation, we're limiting the amount of people that are going to need to use those hospital beds and therefore giving, it, uh, giving the opportunity to the people that really do need them. So, again, when it comes to the help that the government's providing, if you need it, take it. That's what it's there for. If you don't need it, don't be worried about that either. I think that there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of other people that may need it more than we do. David Greenspan, founder of Mindshare 101, thank you for your insights and your great advice.
I thank you very much once again for having me on. You're listening to a special COVID-19 edition of The Feed. I'm Ann Romer. Over to Afua Ba now with how to manage your personal finances. Well, during this COVID-19 pandemic, Canadians are feeling the pinch financially. So joining me with info and tips to help keep you financially stable as much as possible during these concerning times, I'm speaking with Robin Thompson, president of Castle Mark Wealth Management. Robin, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. It is our pleasure. Okay, so of course, uh, this is on the top of many Canadians' minds, uh, their finances and how they're going to be able to weather this storm, if you will. So if uh, right off the top, we can talk about some of the concerns that you are hearing about, either from clients or general sentiment about uh, the COVID-19 outbreak. Well, what started off as a, as a health crisis turned into an economic crisis and now, as you know, into a financial crisis. So we're seeing across the board a mix of emotions, um, definitely fear, some panic, um, some greed. People are experiencing different feelings at different times depending on where they are in their life cycle and depending where they are from their investment savings and availability to income and cash flow. So we're definitely seeing clients across the board or people across the board at, 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 in different places. And uh, what I would say is that people are really looking to the government, especially if they're falling on the side where they're, they've had their income disrupted or they're falling on hard times and trying to figure out how to make ends meet, are really looking towards the government program programs and government subsidies, whether for individuals or for businesses, to help them sort of bridge the gap until the economy can get past COVID-19 and start to rebound from an economic perspective. And so we're seeing that this could last uh, a number of weeks. Uh, I know that the number has also been touted that it could even last longer, possible months. So if you can maybe share your top three tips for getting through this COVID-19 crisis. Well, the first one I would say is to know your numbers. So you need to start to put pen to paper and understand fully where you are financially, as well as the resources that are available to you would be my number one tip. So here's where you really need to be razor sharp with your budget, but look towards the long term as well. Remember that this is a temporary setback and that we will resume to some sort of new normal at some point in the future when COVID-19 has passed us. So it's about looking at your longer term financial goals and making sure that you're just not making snap sort of reactions as it relates to where you are in the current market environment. Obviously, it's important to be able to, you know, put food on your table and make sure that necessities are taken care of, but don't lose track of longer-term plans as well. So make sure that you're looking towards that financial plan that you have in place, that investment strategy that you have in place, because those types of plans are put together for these types of scenarios. So don't abandon your plans and your strategy when you need them the most. I would say there's definitely a lot of concern about flight to safety in the market. So um, we're seeing a lot of people have some concern about the erosion of their capital or erosion of their investment savings as it relates to the markets falling up and falling down at such a rapid pace. So if you follow the markets on a regular basis to see the markets rise and fall, sometimes to a point of a thousand points in either direction. And really it's about, you know, making sure that when people are making a decision to either sell into the market or buy into the market, that they're doing so with real with reasonable judgment. So not just to have that immediate flight to safety. If their portfolio is built around income, for instance, and you are requiring income off of your portfolio, to make sure that the portfolio strategy that you have in place is one that's delivering income to you, living off of some of the distributions that are coming off the portfolio and trying not to reduce the capital or principal 
level of the portfolio where you can to be able to keep the principal intact so that when the market does come back up the other side, that you'll be able to take advantage of the rally back up the other side. So really about you know, looking at the portfolio, understanding what it's doing for you. If you are taking money off the portfolio, if you're retired, not to take more than that's being generated if you can from the distributions. If you are younger or you have a longer time horizon, um, make sure that your portfolio is built within the risk tolerance that is important to you. So if you have you know, 10 or 15 years that you need or longer before you need capital or access to this capital, make sure that you're positioned from a right risk perspective. So do you want to take advantage of the rally on the backside of, the, uh, of these markets that have declined so well? Is there some value out there that you can take advantage of at these depressed levels so you can make some money on the backside? But generally, the worst recommendation is to sell and flee to cash because you don't know what else to do. So you need to make sure that before you make any decisions, that the decisions you're making are ones that have a sound foundation and they're not just a snap reaction due to fear. And then the last one I would say, it really comes back down to estate planning. And, you know, COVID-19 is a teachable moment for all of us. And although the financial markets and is very important and income is important, it's also important to sit back and take a look at some of your estate planning. And sometimes estate planning can be a big work, but really it's just about making sure that you have all of that information that you need to be able to support if something does happen to you. So these would be things like your will. So will essentially only half of Canadians, adult Canadians have a will, which means almost 50% of Canadians do not have a will. And if you were to pass away without a will, you die in testate, which essentially means that the government decides how your assets get distributed. So it's important in times like these that you refer back to what are the important documents that you have in your life? What is it that you need to do to make sure that you are taken care of and your family knows what your wishes are? Look at your powers of attorney for health and for finance. If you do fall ill, what are your wishes from, from the health perspective? What are your wishes from a financial perspective? Does somebody have the ability to take control and make sure your bank accounts are paid and different things can be taken care of? Now is a great time to review your beneficiary designations on your life insurance policy. Do any of your registered plans, your tax free savings accounts, your RRSPs, put an estate contingency plan together to make sure you have a place where someone that's in charge of your estate or in charge of your, your financial life and your, and your health has a place to see, you know, where all, all your accounts, what are your account numbers, what are your passwords. Make sure that you're being responsible so that you don't have people make decisions for you um, that you don't want them to make or that they shouldn't have to make. So an estate planning review is a really important thing to do at this time too. You know, God forbid the worst case happens, but it's important to make sure that you have that piece also linked into your life that so you're being responsible for the people in your life. Okay, great tips there to keep in our financial toolboxes, if you will. I'm going to piggyback based on the first tip that you gave us and and, uh, tied into basically household budgets. So how do we necessarily set up a household budget during times like these when uh, we're not necessarily sure of our job and our investments? They're basically at risk. Well, people really need to get back to the basics. And so this is really where people need to have an understanding of where their money is going. So a budget, which is that dreaded word or a lifestyle need, um, essentially should be the very cornerstone of people's very basic financial plans or, or, or their financial livelihood. So what I would suggest that you start with, what are your expenses? So take a look at your credit card statements. If you're using some credit cards, hopefully you're paying off the balances or at least the interest at the end of each month. Take a look at your bank account statements. Take a highlighter. Start to highlight all of the things that you're spending money on. What items of those are discretionary? What item, which, which of those 
items can go. So what is your necessity, what is not a necessity. So take a look at all of the money that you have going out. Take a highlighter, look at it, write it down, understand where your outgoing is. And then take a look at where your incoming is. So what is the money that you have coming into your household? And try to look at the difference between the two. Obviously, if you have a negative number at the end, then you need to start doing some cutting. You need to understand, you know, where can you pull back in times like these? And then looking at your income, if you have been impacted by, by, by COVID-19, you have been laid off or there's been a change in your income, look to the government. Look to see what's available from the different government packages that are available by the government. Now, you may not need to, to use all of the government packages, if, obviously, if you don't qualify for them, but it's something that you should look for and do your research. Do the work. Understand what you do qualify for. Understand if you do qualify, if you're a small business owner for the wage subsidy. Understand if you qualify for any of the EI benefits or any of the new Canadian Emergency Response Benefit or CERB. Because you have to have an understanding of if your income is impacted, how are you going to make up that difference? So it's really about what's coming in, what's going out, and how do you bridge the gap? And it's really just about understanding the inflows and the outflows. And on, on the opposite side of that conversation is in some cases, people may have a bit of a surplus now. The money that people used to spend going out and all of their extracurricular activities will perhaps have dried up and they'll have a few extra bucks on hand at the end of each month that they can then use to pay down some of their higher interest credit card debt or they can use to start dollar cost averaging themselves into the market or into their company pension plans. The budget is really the first place to start, but what's coming in, what's going out, what can you cut and what can you take advantage of? Take it one day at a time. And as you said, you know, we, we are in this together and speak to your qualified advisors. If it is the state planning sector that you need to look at, you know, speak to an accountant. If it is financial planning, speak to a certified financial planner. And this is the time to, to, to do that work. Perfect. All right. Robin Thompson, president of Castle Mark Wealth Management. Thank you so much for joining me today. You're so welcome. This is the feed on 1059 The Region. I'm Ann Romer. If you're a small business owner, times are tough. You've either slowed down or closed your doors completely. Shaliza Bacchus with the story of Blush by D. Danusha Thermalingam is a local entrepreneur. She's a self employed makeup artist based right here in York Region. Hey, Danusha, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. So, can you explain to me what this whole COVID 19 outbreak has done to your business and how it's impacted your, your hospital? I guess it's just it's come to a lot of cancellations. I'm a makeup artist and I'm pretty much a freelance makeup artist. That's how it really works. I do bridal and guest makeup and hair. Speaking of which, do you feel like your clientele, they're a little, I'm sure they're nervous, right? Oh, definitely. I had um, a few brides that were actually scheduled during this time, but we've actually moved it over to a later date. They are getting a lot nervous just because restrictions and all of those things have been placed daily. It's not really something that's giving anyone heads up. So um, yeah, it's really difficult for, I guess, for them to see if they should downsize or if they should just move the, the event altogether. And when it comes down to that, and they're working with a whole lot of other vendors, including myself, it just becomes hard to coordinate. Right. So what are you doing to try and maybe alleviate some of that stress from them? Because I'm sure a lot of them have had to either cancel their event or move it to later dates, as you mentioned. What are you doing to kind kind of reassure them? Yeah, I mean, right now, I'm, uh, I guess at this point when it comes to, um, I guess, booking, I do require a deposit when I do book. So at this time, I'm really just allowing them to transfer their uh, deposit somewhat of a credit, I guess, if you were to go to a a store and return something, you instead of getting a, a full refund, you'd be getting a credit and you can transfer it to another 
date. And so that's pretty much what I'm doing. The only thing is my 2021 calendar hasn't opened up. It just becomes difficult when the events are transferring into the next year. Okay. So what about for this year? Are people trying to move it to maybe the end of the summer instead? Do you find that more people are maybe opting for next year just to be safe? So right now, um, there are people that just moving it towards like October, November, which is like later in the end of the year. So that's fine. My freelance career, I guess it's, it's become a lot of, a lot of my monthly income too. So it has slowed down quite a bit, but with the government's, um, changes in terms of like, you know, the deferral of other payments, it's okay at this point. Like I'm not fully stressed entirely there. Yeah. And I mean, that's the best you can do, right? That I'm sure that they need that reassurance at this time. Like it's so difficult to navigate. Definitely. I feel like at this time when things are so, there's so many things are left up in the air, it just becomes, I guess, much more difficult to organize their lives, right? It's not just the riding group, it's their families and all the vendors that are they're working with. So it really at this point, like I'm just trying to be mindful, I guess. I don't want to be the the stick in the mud either. So <laughs> I'm really I'm just trying to be mindful about what they're going through and you know what? It's going slow. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure at this time, you know it's wedding season, you're usually super busy, super booked up. So I'm sure that it's it's tough for you to deal with. Oh yeah, we're definitely leading into like 2020s wedding season. It's supposed to it was supposed to kick off like as of April. We're preparing much for like basically our marketing situations, all of those things. Um we're doing that at the beginning of the year. So I don't want to say the work had gone to waste, but I mean at this point I'm just I'm just nervous as where it's going to pick off whether it's going to pick off for 2020 or we're just going to be leading in 2021. Yeah, that's the problem, right? It's just so unpredictable. So if you had any advice to give, you know, maybe brides who had a wedding plan this year, like what would you say as someone who's on the other side who's also affected, but I'm sure that the stress isn't as heavy on your shoulders as it is on theirs. So what would you advise them to do and how to stay calm in this situation? For I feel like at this point, just being very, very positive with them. I mean, providing my opinion, I guess, when it comes to moving the date, it's really up to them. Them, especially in the culture that I live in. But right now, it's just being super positive, helping them out whenever, you know, even if it has nothing to do with makeup and hair, like, you know, even if it's just talking to them for moral support, that could go far. So I'm sure that you're using this downtime, you know, a lot of people, their lives have slowed down. So what are you doing with this time? Are you using it to maybe work on your craft? Because I've noticed your Instagram has really stayed pretty present during this time. Yeah, so um, I have a studio at home. So I really really just kind of like trying to build my page and just kind of like creating looks and you know different things and kind of teaching people making videos on how how people can do like how to I don't know an eyeliner or a hairstyle something like that just to keep myself busy but also keeping my craft intact where can we all find you when this is all um, over if our listeners want to connect with you uh, so my Instagram page is blush by D so it's at B-L-U-S-H-B-Y-D yeah you can find me on Instagram and check out my IG I have IGTV channel and um, just my my page itself so yes so overall positive and productivity that's that's your mojo right now all right thank you so much Danusha wish you all the best and stay positive you too thank you we will continue to bring you new information on COVID-19 and as a reminder please go to 1059theregion.com for the latest from York Region's Medical Officer of Health I'm Ann Romer stay safe stay well thank you for listening